Hello, everyone. Welcome to Inside and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Fomichenko. Today, I would like to do an unusual thing. I have invited Irina Polikova, a certified relationship coach who has been a guest on one of my previous episodes. I think it was episode 24. And we've discussed online dating. And I felt like we need to do a deep dive specifically on the differences between Eastern European women and Western men when it comes to dating. So both of us, Irina and I, are from Eastern Europe and we've been living abroad for quite a while. So this topic is very close to our hearts and we hope that you enjoy this episode. Irina, welcome back to the show. Hi, Natalia. Thank you so much for having me again. Yes, I'm so excited about the topic today because uh, we've alluded to this um, a bit on our previous episode, but we've talked about online dating, you know, in a broader sense. And today I would really want us to discuss further the differences between Eastern European women and Western men when it comes to dating. And I think there is a lot to cover. <laughs> There's definitely a lot to cover for sure. I think it's going to be an awesome discussion. We may need to do like part two, three, four, five, but um, there's, uh, <laughs> there's no plenty to discuss. Well, we'll do our best to, to feed everything, um, everything that's, uh, super, super important in, in this episode. So let's start from maybe the very beginning. How do we as Eastern European women choose the future partner? What are the key things that we are looking for? And, and I, I mean, we are both from Eastern Europe. So I think we both have, uh, experience to share. So I would like it to be some sort of informal conversation where we can both exchange our views and experiences and opinions. And, um, yeah. So what do you think are the key things that we as Eastern European women are looking in men or in future partners? So choosing partner, it's uh, quite a topic. It's uh, extremely crucial to do it the right way, hopefully from the first time, if at all possible. And as you mentioned, we both are from Eastern Europe. So I'm from Ukraine, you're from Russia. Um, we have a general cultural uh, upbringing, uh, nevertheless. And um, when it comes to choosing a partner, so I'll probably share mostly just my personal experiences, but being a dating and relationship coach and working with other nationalities, including other Eastern European women and Western men, um, I'll work that in. So when it comes to us, Eastern European women, choosing a partner, uh, we are looking for somebody who is serious. And I'm going to elaborate on that because... Technically, we all are looking for something serious, but there is a bit of a different interpretation, I think, between what Eastern European women consider serious and what men uh, in West consider serious. So we mm -hmm. are attracted to somebody who is decisive and shows us that very quickly we will be building life together and forming a family. Like we go all in. The difference between East, Eastern uh, aspect of this, Eastern European aspect, versus then we have people dating in the West where quite long duration of dating is totally acceptable. And there is, I think there's even like kind of a 
cautious approach, you know, don't, don't scare them off right away. You know, don't ask, Oh, are you serious about me on a second date? So there is more of acceptance of this uh, longevity on dating. For Eastern European culture, uh, for women, it's quite typical to try to find out within first couple of weeks, okay, is he going to marry me? Is he going to be a good father for my children? Uh, are we going to build life together? And I think it stems from the fact that we are, um, we are driven by the practicality of life. Life in Eastern Europe is not... Uh, it depends on the country, but is has not been as easy uh, as, for instance, in the West. So for us, we are driven by having that somebody and something to depend on. And while most women are biologi- biologically wired to seek that out, like the trustworthiness in the men, let's say for us women uh, from Eastern Europe, it is important to actually know it as soon as possible so we don't waste time. Interesting. I'd like to elaborate on that. I think um, maybe where you're coming from is that Eastern European culture is, you know, famous for people being married at an earlier age than in the West generally. So that's why the society perception is somehow expecting of you to get married before you turn 30 in a way on average so that would probably explain the fact that you know we are and again it's all generalization but on average we are looking for something more serious earlier on in the relationship and then also on your point of seriousness i'd like to add that You know, what we mean by seriousness is someone we can not necessarily even depend on, but somehow um, we want a man who shows initiative for sure. And a man who is some sort of a provider, if, if, if you want. So the man who is capable of taking care of himself and his family, because again, this provider culture is is very strong in Eastern Europe. And I think it's somewhat similar even to the Middle East because um, I've lived in the Middle East for a while as well. And um, in the Middle East, men always, you know, take initiative, you know, they invest in the relationship. So that expectation of a man being a provider, I think is what contributes to to the seriousness um, that we expect from from a partner. Yes, this, this seriousness, I guess it's, it's a little bit uh, more of a general uh, idea that could be broken down into um, smaller aspects here. Um, choosing Western men, and this is just from my own experience, for instance, I can share that I've been married twice to both my uh, husbands, um, ex-husbands, uh, were American. So, and I'm Ukrainian. And even just from these couple experiences, I can say that um, men are in West are drawn to looks, romance, finding love, femininity. For us women coming from Eastern Europe, all of these aspects, it's wonderful, but it's not as crucial because we come from a different type of living. So for us, the stability, a man being a provider, the finances, the practicality of life, Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm going to be careful, you know, stating this, uh, opinions here. I think it all depends, but 
it's almost like we bypass the idea of finding love and happiness and we're more focused like, okay, how are we going to make this work so we actually have a relatively easy life? And it all comes from the fact that it is not easy to survive in Eastern Europe uh, being on your own. In the West, we have this concept of equality where a man and woman can earn relatively similar money. Uh, hopefully it's changing, right? And even the society looks at it as like, uh, you can be completely self-sufficient. And in the Eastern Europe, we have us who have our beauty, our bodies, our ability to have children, our ability to provide family, our femininity. And we want to exchange that for somebody who can provide for us, somebody who can give us that safe space where we can be ourselves and give the family to men instead of that. And I think this is one of the biggest difference when it comes to actually dating in the West or Western women, I would say. Yeah, I like this point that you made that we somehow the perception is that we somehow exchange our femininity, our care, our, you know, beauty, because beauty is a big thing in Russia and, you know, um, it almost feels sometimes like a contest, you know, uh, when you go out and, and you see other beautiful women. So it, it's almost perceived that, you know, Russian or not Russian, but Eastern European women would do more effort on investing in their femininity, in their beauty, in the energy that they give to the family. And in exchange of that, the perception is that a man will cover the rest. So the man is sort of a provider. But then again, women give a lot in the family. And the traditional family, we take it, uh, women would take care of children, they would take care of home, they would take care of everything. So basically, and it's a lot of work, right? In a traditional family. Absolutely. So that's that's why the root of this expectation is that you know, we give you a lot and, and we want you to give us back. So, so that's, that's the general perception. And I think it spills over, you know, um, as we grow up in this culture, it spills over into our beliefs that a man needs to take care of the financial side and, uh, you know, the expectation of a man investing money in the relationship, you know, paying in the restaurants, giving gifts because it's something that is very common and it's also it's not even you know I, I wouldn't say that Eastern European women or at least not all of them are mercantile in a way it's more about they perceive it as as an energy you know that the men invest in the relationship so it's not about money per se it's more about the attention so the attention is also something that can be given through money or through investment in the relationship for Eastern European women. Yes, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, everything is essentially energy. So when I said, when I used the words like we have us to give, you know, in yeah. exchange for what I mean is, but it's the same amount of investment. It's just different type of investment because we can do something men cannot, cannot do. They can't have kids, right? But we have an ability to give a man a family and this is a whole lot of work. So, and this is kind of, uh, as I'm listening to you, that it makes me want to comment on the fact that the gender roles, as they are evolving in the West, uh, which is, I wouldn't call it 
good or bad. I think it just is happening. You know, the evolution is happening Mm -hmm. in the Eastern Europe. The gender roles are still in a sense of woman is somebody who is nurturing, taking care of the family and the children. And a man is somebody who should be doing his best to provide for the family. Does it always work ideally that way? No, it doesn't. Uh, but uh, I think the internal, the innate need for that is still there based on yeah. this gender roles. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's just... It just is. It's just a cultural difference. Exactly. And also to your previous point that we sort of try to build for a serious relationship with a man we like early on. So we expect this man to start investing in us and in this relationship early on, right? Because in our head is that, okay, if we're choosing this man right now, then we may as well choose him later for, for life in a way. So we expect him to start also giving us, you know, something. And this something is often money, but it's not like, oh, I give you money, you know, <laughs> as your boyfriend, but it's more like, we expect some gifts, right? And we expect to be paid for in the restaurants and, and things like that. And for Western men, sometimes it's, it's not, um, ideal because they are not sure yet if they want to create yes. a family. They don't even think about it, right? And as you mentioned before, the duration of dating is generally longer in the West. So for men to commit to this, expenses in a way is, is something like why why should i do this i don't even know if it's something serious and when he doesn't do that we are almost feel like we're not getting enough love or attention on, or you know you whatever you want to call it and then creates this awkwardness in in a relationship and then it's also very diff it's where money is a very difficult topic right especially when you realize that you come from different cultures so in the beginning for instance my favorite topic he invites you somewhere right in the beginning of the relationship and uh, in russia if a man invites you somewhere invitation means that he creates a gift right so he creates the experience so basically it depends on him how he wants to create it but it's not like we're splitting it right on another hand for western men it's somehow evident that we need to split because we are traveling together and why am I supposed to cover her expenses? So that adds to this awkwardness uh, in a way in, in the relationship. So how, how would you recommend going about it actually? From your experience working with clients, this is this is really interesting topic, and I actually come across this when I coach my clients um, on relationship and dating. And if it happens to be, you know, the intercultural uh, couple, women from Eastern Europe, it's like, well, he did not pay, or he did not, he was, it wasn't easy for him to pay for the bill. When for Eastern European girls, for us, it does not mean we're gold diggers. For us, it's, it's an indication of his interest and his investment. So, however, when you're an Eastern European moving to the West, you still have to adjust. You have to become aware of the differences. So when I coach people on dating, I always suggest this trick. If you go, if you're invited to dinner, I coach men, if you invite somebody to dinner, you better be ready to cover that bill. Because if you're the one, as you say, create that experience, you need to be ready to cover that experience regardless of what the bill is. However, my suggestion is always at the beginning, couple casual 
less expensive dates. So this frustration is not created. And for women that still have this hope and expectation that he will cover, I always suggest as you stand there in front of the register, you take your wallet out and you offer to contribute. His job is yeah. to say, oh, no, thank you. I got it. Her job yeah. is to offer to contribute. So he feels like he's not been taken advantage of and just expected to do it because he's coming from a different culture. So this is kind of meeting in the middle. So everybody knows where they're coming from. But at the end of the day, yes, men should be a provider, uh, ideally. And then the money topic has to be discussed for sure. Going in when it's getting serious, like we said, <laughs> it yeah. has to be discussed. I think this is a very big mistake. I am going to speak for myself. This is the mistake I made in both of my marriages uh, that I did not have this difficult polarizing discussions at the beginning. And I just assumed that they're just going to read my mind or they're going to yeah. just figure it out or they should know if they married the Ukrainian woman, right? And this is a big mistake. Discussions have to take place to avoid yeah. any kind of issues later. I'm just listening to you and I'm remembering my own experience where I made a similar mistake. You know, it was about, I don't know, five, seven years ago. And uh, my boyfriend at the time, we just started dating. And uh, he invited me to a wedding of his friends in a different country. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I can go with you. So he bought the, tra uh, the, the plane tickets. Uh, he bought the hotel and everything was fine. I'm like, okay, he understands Russian women. Like, thanks God, you know, like he is a proper man. Um I mean, it was a big relief in, in, in my, um, heart, so to say. So then, um, he invited me for a vacation and we spent two weeks again in a different country. He bought everything. And one day he approaches me and says, well, actually I received a credit card bill and we'd oh. like to, I'd like to talk about our expenses. And I was like very tensed inside and I'm like, okay, happy to, what do you want to talk about? And I have to, you know, do a caveat that I literally at that time, I just recently moved to a different country. So I was much more Russian <laughs> than I am now and, and, and less adapted to Western culture. So then this conversation sort of subsided. And then one evening, I receive an email from him with an Excel that he has created from his credit card expenses where he basically put, you know, uh, expenses from this date to this date where we were on vacation and we just split it to 50%. And among those expenses were like, oh, let me show you this bar or let me go with you to dinner or I actually know this nice place. Do you want to go there for dinner? So all those expenses were just split 50-50. And if I knew at that time that, you know, he is going to do that, I supposed to have a choice, right? So yeah. it, it wouldn't be necessarily my choice to accompany the, him to, to this event. So I was really, really mad. I was so mad. Uh, so yes, we had to have this conversation straight away. He was also very mad because clearly his expectations and my expectations were completely not met. And yes, um, bottom line, you have to discuss this topic early on you in the relationship. However, it. it is so awkward to start discussing it. Yes and no. You know, this is where, this is where having needed 
set of skills to actually go into relationship prepared. And by prepared, I mean, be prepared to discover what it is that you're getting yourself into, how you're going to get to know that person, how you're going to create that dynamic where it's safe and comfortable to discuss whatever that is because the lack of discussion yeah we may avoid the discomfort in the short term but what's going to happen in the long term the worst is going to happen in the long term because yeah. it's it's just the way it works but it's fun sorry i it's not a funny story what you shared i was smiling because i had gone on vacation with somebody i dated in europe and i got an excel spreadsheet after the vacation really? oh my god <laughs> i was like Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, it was very frugal vacation and uh, I was kind of expecting knowing his personality, but still deep down, I was like, hurt. Like exactly. It, it feels like you are receiving the bill for your services. It feels humiliating. But this is, yeah, this is where the differences have to be discussed, Natalia, because he, this feeling humiliated, we should not. Because if he had experienced this from his perception, his interpretation, his entire life, it's normal for him. It's not normal for yeah. us, but it's normal for him. So again, talk it out at the beginning. Yeah, yeah for helps. sure, for sure. For sure, that definitely helps. Okay, so let's um, move a little bit from this money topic into the overall perception on the first date. So I'd like to talk about how women might be perceived intentionally or non-intentionally uh, on the first date and why. So from my experience and, and also something that I was... Um, guilty or not guilty of, uh, especially, you know, in my early years is that I always had a, you know, so-called poker face, if you want. So like, you know, or you can say playing hard to get in a way, because again, in Eastern Europe, it is supposed that a man should dedicate some effort to get a girl and a girl is playing called it's some sort of a game, you know, like you really prove that you are serious in your effort and I let you prove that. Whereas in Western culture, if you don't smile or you don't do, you know, a first step, then, you know, a man would be either indifferent or, or, or intimidated, you know, in a way. So that is uh, another thing that I wanted to discuss with you. Yes, that's a very good uh, point to touch on for sure. I can relate to what you're saying. I mean, I've been out of uh, uh, Ukraine for many years, uh, over 20 years. It's going to be 24 years now. And uh, I was guilty of what you're describing. So Eastern European woman, for whatever reason, um, and this is actually something that I don't think is healthy. On this one, I am 100% confident after living through various relationships and being a relationship coach myself now in a Western country. I think this is a big, very big mistake that we're making and something that needs to be reevaluated. But for whatever reason, we had this notion that we need to be kind of a modest in a sense and we should not appear very happy and pleased with the man's attention uh, for the fear of being perceived uh, easy you know and playing hard to get is unhealthy filtering system it's like oh let's see how much effort he's gonna put in because i want a serious man if he is really serious then he's going to work extra hard to impress me but even though inside i'm going oh my god he's so great on outside <laughs> i've got a poker face <laughs> and i go all right let's see what else you can do mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's so funny 
But that's that's true. And, and like now, after being uh, 24 years living outside of Ukraine, dating different nationalities, been married to two American guys, I'm just I'm like, oh, my God, I should not have done that. Like I look back and it makes me cringe because you are supposed to be expressive about what how the person makes you feel this is how we connect this is what i teach people right now in my coaching yeah. you have to connect emotionally so when you're sitting there with your poker face hoping for him to invest more time effort uh, and money to make sure that he is chosen for his seriousness it's just a bit of a um, twisted approach to filtering out those that are not serious essentially pushing away some of the prospects that could have been could have made decent partners but yeah. yes playing hard to get is a no-no there's no reason to yeah. play hard to get in any culture any nationality no country yeah i completely agree and it's funny how deeply ingrained it is in us like for instance if i see an attractive guy somewhere in the bar then uh what, what i do i basically lock the eyes with him and then i put them out, you know, straight away as if it just happened accidentally. And then it takes me, I don't know, like two, three minutes to actually dare to look back to him again. And obviously (laughs) he doesn't care anymore because he thought that, you know, I was mistaken. And then it's like, it's, it's, it's happening and it's, it's, it's so funny. So I'm, um, I'm deliberately, you know, I'm, I'm also a coach, so I'm advising my clients uh, as one of the exercises that we work together to do at least one thing out of your comfort zone every day. And for me, I remember myself walking the talk essentially and telling myself to do that. So I remember myself going to an event and I was like, okay, I'm going to approach the most attractive guy and see what happens. And it took a lot of courage for me. I did it. And I actually turned out that the guy was shy to approach me himself. So it's good that I <laughs> Most guys him. are actually. That's exactly. That guys are always yeah. easy to approach. Most of them are shy. Exactly. So it was a, it was a big, um, a big revelation for me and, and a big, uh, success in a way. That's awesome. Yeah. You have, you, you have to look at least minimum four times, Natalia, because you know why men cannot read the body language and nonverbal communication as well as women. So when you just look in the general, general, um, area, he will never get it. Like he'll go, is she looking at somebody behind me? <laughs> so you have to make it very clear. It is your job if you're interested in somebody, not his. That's you better invite him to approach you. Yeah. Okay. So coming back to this first date experience, I think it's also important to mention that we are looking for for attention, you know, in, in one way or another. And this attention can be, you know, opening the door or helping to see it or helping with the court or anything else. And when it doesn't happen, again, it's just, you know, a little scratch inside of you, you know, you're removing your coat and he's just standing next to you and he doesn't do anything. And it's like, uh, you know, you, 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 you have this a little, you know, voice of disappointment inside of you. So that's something that is also very important. And all those small details and small things are actually super huge for us. Yes, for us Eastern European women, it is important and it is something that we perceive as like, okay, he might be a suitable uh, future partner, right? It's it's an important aspect. But I think this particular one uh, goes to all women. Like attention as far as 
being mindful and being present to what she might be needing, you know, in those little uh, nuanced details, opening the door, giving her the coat, or walking, bet- if you're walking, walking between the street where the cars are and between her just so she feels safer. All of these little things are so important. And even if they are not processed by any woman in that sense, consciously, subconsciously, they will be processed as I can trust him. I feel safe with him. I feel protected with him. So if the guy doesn't do that, he needs to learn to do that because that's a big check mark that he's not going to get as far as uh, making her feel safe. I totally agree. And then when it also comes to communication, I think Eastern European women are not open to discuss certain taboo topics, if if you want. So we're not that comfortable talking about sex, for instance, or, or money for that matter, we've already discussed. And especially when we are still in our first few dates, when we are still not feeling safe enough to, to discuss those topics. What do you think about that? Yes, this is a big frustration and a big challenge, I would say, when an Eastern European uh, woman is dating a Western man is because I think in the West, and it's from my personal experience and working with clients as well, I can see that it is a bit easier to bring up these topics and have discussions on these polarizing topics. For us, it's not as easy because, first of all, nobody has ever, ever talked to us about it. When we are growing up, what do our parents tell us? Uh, make sure you find a guy who has a good job, right? Every time I would tell my parents that I'm dating somebody or I'm going to marry somebody, it's like, what does he do for work? <laughs> That's the only thing they cared, right? So it comes from the place of making sure that we are safe in a sense of taking care of by provision, right? Again, very, very important, but that's what they cared. When it comes to discussing anything else like sex and, you know, how you would run a household, we have this had, I had this very uh, unhealthy perception is that the guy should just know. Why would I have to tell him? I don't have to tell him that. Well, it turns out you do because expectations are different when you go into the relationships. And uh, yeah, in particular, when it comes to discussing sex before having sex or shortly after, that's like something that's really hard for Eastern European women to do. And uh, support me on this or disagree with me on this, but this is something that I had to get over the hurdle and become comfortable with myself, with my body, because sex is a taboo topic especially in the former Soviet Union. I was born during Soviet Union. Uh, so that was just, it just didn't exist. So it was all closed curtains. We don't discuss this. This is just a small part of your relationship. Everything else is more important. But discussions yeah. are just, they're just absolutely crucial. Yeah, I agree with you on both that in Soviet Union, it was a taboo topic and uh, it took me a while to get out of this, you know, behavior uh when you don't feel comfortable discussing this now i am but you know i've been living abroad for quite a while but yeah before i can certainly agree with you and um also on another thing that you've mentioned that communication is so important and that goes beyond the conversation about eastern european women or western men communication in a relationship is crucial from wherever you are and um we all have certain expectations and it doesn't mean that everybody else 
should have the same. And uh, sometimes they are different. And uh, it is so important to be clear on that and open and, uh, you know, transparent on what it is that is going on. Otherwise, it just creates a lot of resentment. Yes. And I, I would like to say that in general, when you, when, you are getting in a relationship, you're hoping to meet somebody, regardless of your nationality, looking looking for somebody who is exactly the same um, is not necessarily the goal. It's actually, I believe the relationship would be even more enhanced and probably more fulfilling in a sense if you're open to somebody's differences. Because when you take two sets of differences, but you are open to that communication right and you figure out oh let's just take these differences and then we make our own unit how it works you know our own dynamic of us as a couple that's going to be a beautiful experience again coming down to discussing everything openly and being comfortable with making that happen but you're not necessarily looking for somebody who's going to be exactly the same this is actually in my case i uh wanted to move out of my home country to meet a different culture uh, man because I was drawn to differences. I was drawn to difference. Did I communicate it so well at the first marriage? No, not really. I've learned my lesson throughout the years, but this is something that did attract me. And my first husband, I actually talked to him before getting on this podcast to ask him questions. We're still great friends with him. He told me the same. The reason he reached out outside of United States is because he was drawn to something unique and different. And yeah. uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. It can absolutely work if the discussions take place. Exactly. So if we all understand and respect our differences and value them for what they are and able to communicate our expectations clearly and uh, make sure that we are on the same page, then relationships would flourish. Moving forward from first date experience into the relationship itself, how long do you think are the uh, dating experiences before getting married generally in in eastern europe i would say that i mean i think we've we've talked briefly about it before but i think the expectation and especially when it comes to the age after 25 years old because we have this sort of figure of 30 where everybody is supposed to get married at least in eastern europe uh the duration becomes you know shorter so if you're i remember when i was 26 and i was dating someone and I was calling my mom every time we spoke she was like is he going to propose you know are you going to be engaged when and uh yeah it was um it was uh, interesting how this plays out now I think she gave up on me <laughs> in a way uh, I think she understands that now I'm I'm living more um westernized approach but I think it's important to mention that for Eastern European women the expectations of the duration of dating are shorter than for Western men. It is indeed so. And it is, yes, if we're in our mid or late 20s and we are not either engaged or married already, we are automatically old mates. That label sticks to you. And uh, yeah. I, I was 19 when I was going to get married the first time. When I look back yeah. right now, I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> I have a kid right now who's almost 15 and I'm like, I was going to get married at 19. That's insane. But this is the cultural upbringing. You date to get married. You don't date to have fun, to get to know somebody. 
you are very intentional and very purposeful. So when it comes to the duration of dating, I, I don't know, I think a couple months and you already make wedding plans. When it comes to the West, if I were to date somebody and in a few weeks I go, so are we going to get married? He's probably going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> So interesting because um, I remember I was dating someone for a long time in my early 20s in Russia. I was still living in Russia back then. And uh, everyone was pressuring me on, uh, as to when I'm going to, to marry this person because we were dating for over five years back then. And I remember myself, I was like, I'm not sure if I want to get married, you know, uh, but all these expectations of society, of, of your family, of, of whoever... Is is hard. It's not easy, right? It's not. Um, it, it, it's probably one of the reasons why I left Russia. Because uh, yes, I, like you, I was drawn to differences, and uh, I felt like it, it shouldn't be it. You know, it's just so boring to just, you know, get married so young, and you haven't understood life just yet. So that's just to reemphasize that here we are talking about general general cultural differences or cultural heritage, and it's up to a person, you know, whether they act on these differences or, or not. So it, it's just to say that if you see an Eastern European girl, it doesn't mean that if she starts dating you, she wants to get married at all. It's just to say that this is the baggage that we all arrive with. And um, the reason for this episode is basically to increase awareness on this baggage. Exactly. Because even if it's not playing out 100%, there's still some things that are lingering. And that's why it's important to be aware of those things, of those cultural differences, so that to be able to communicate clearly and set your expectations clearly and have a healthy relationship. You're absolutely right. This is not to, because we did make quite a few generalized statements here. And of course, there are exceptions in, in you know, every single case, but being aware of these differences is, uh, it, it's a beautiful thing is actually when I think when, when, when we reframe our approach to maybe we should not even call them differences, you know, maybe this is just what makes you unique. Uh, I don't know. Differences almost has a bit of a negative connotation there, but it's like seeking out these differences to see how they can actually complement each other and make that puzzle pieces, those puzzle pieces come together is much better approach. So that's, that brings us to understanding. However, I can tell you about myself, Natalia, is that I'm still very driven by the end result. And it's probably now partially because I am uh, in my mid forties and I am, if I'm looking for somebody, I'm like, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I don't want. And I'm not wasting my time dating for 10 years and then starting over. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think you've got a good, you made a good point. It's still a bit of a remainder of my Eastern European upbringing is that I need to know ahead of time. I don't want to just date to date. Like I need to know where yeah. we are moving. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you on this point. I think it's, um, it's important to differentiate the age when you start dating, right? If you start dating 21 and uh, you don't really uh, yeah, you're know not in a rush. <laughs> much about life, right? Uh, you're not in a rush. And in, in, in this case, when you're dating an Eastern European woman who is, uh, you know, very young, then it probably makes sense to discuss that marriage would just not be an ideal solution for, for both partners. But again, it's case by case basis. But when you're dating in your thirties or forties, I agree with you. Like I 
value my time. I know myself by now, right? So I don't really see the point of dating for years because again, it all comes back to what's the objective of the dating. If the objective is just to have a partner next to you who, you know, you share your life with, then it's fine. I mean, if, if it's, if it's just someone just by your side, you can date for years. But if the objective is still to create a family, so I know in this age with whom I can create family or not in, in a much shorter period of time than I used to know in my twenties. So now if I, if my objective is to create a family and if I'm dating a person for a year and I know that he can be a good candidate and if he doesn't sort of, you know, share my belief, then I start thinking, well, where is it going? Right. Um, like how long do you need? And, and again, it comes back to communication. You need to discuss the things, right. And then not expect anything from, uh, anybody. But I think it's important to say that when we know ourselves enough and if we know our objectives enough, then time is a valuable resource and we shouldn't just waste it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Time is a valuable yeah. resource and it's something that we can't get back. So every day counts. That's why, you know, staying efficient, being able to discuss things, learn how to do that is essentially uh, the key. But, you know, it's very rarely when we're in our early 20s know how to do it. You know, if I was this smart now, as I'm in my mid forties, 20 years ago, I might have still been married to my first husband, <laughs> but I yeah. had to learn with the trial and error. And, uh, I mean, I'm glad that I have the wisdom now to help others, you know, not to make the same mistakes, but yeah, it all comes down to being open to communicate, uh, for sure in any culture. Yeah. Thank you so much, Irina. It was, uh, again, a very insightful conversation. I'm happy that we've created this episode and I'm hoping that we shed some more light on these cultural differences that would help somebody in the sense that if they are thinking about creating a relationship with an Eastern European woman or Western man, to be aware of those differences and uh, just to take a first step maybe to open communication to make sure that the relationship goes in, into the right direction. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me again, Natalia, on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm.